Hi everyone, it's Adam from Monkey Tennis here, just saying a huge thank you to all of you that have supported my charity appeal uh, so far. For those that haven't heard about it, this September I'm going to be swimming uh, 15 kilometres uh, between five islands in Cornwall. Uh, I'll be swimming the Isles of Scilly, that's Scilly, S-C-I-L-L-Y. Um, I'm doing it because I want to, but also to raise money for Calm, the campaign against living miserably. It's a well-known statistic that 125 people in the UK die by suicide every week, and Calm run a free and confidential helpline for for people to speak through their problems and ultimately to help prevent suicides. Um, I'm looking to raise enough money to train two new phone workers um, to man those lines um, and I'll be doing it by swimming the Isles of Scilly in Cornwall. Um, if you're looking to support me it would be greatly appreciated. Um, you can donate at justgiving.com. Um, just go there and search for Adam Swim Silly. That's Adam Swim Silly, S-C-I-L-L-Y. All donations greatly appreciated. Thank you for helping me to support Calm. And now, on with monkey tennis. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hello friends, Adam from Monkey Tennis here. Before we get on with this week's episode, just wanted to let you know that this is the last week you can order your Monkey Tennis t-shirt. In less than seven days, they will disappear off the interwebs forever. So grab one while you still can at postpoppodcasts.com slash monkey tennis. We're also down to the last few tickets for our live show, taking place at Print the Prince Charles Cinema in London's Leicester Square on November the 24th. Uh, we've had a few people pick up solo tickets as well. Solo, Alan adventurers and enthusiasts are more than welcome. Uh, we're also, as well as everything we've already told you about, going to be giving away some Alpha Papa DVDs signed by none other than Felicity Montague, who plays Lynn in the series and obviously also in the film. Uh, to get those tickets before they run out, head to postpoppodcast.com slash monkey tennis. Let the taps see the sink. Kitchen Planet, this week's sponsor of Monkey Tennis, is the kitchen and bathroom company that knows its way around a deep bath. We've also got kitchens in all colours, from vanilla to lurid, as well as some styles banned in America. Swing by our intimate office for an extensive quote. Monkey tennis. Damn! Monkey tennis. Little fierce, my foot of his thigh. Monkey tennis. Go to London. I guarantee you'll either be mugged or not appreciated. Monkey tennis. Damn! Monkey tennis, uh, on the whole, a very good effort, seven on ten. It's hotter than the sun. Back of the net. Monkey tennis. 
It's time to dip the spoon of discussion into the mustard of Alan Partridge and take a hefty mouthful. Welcome to Monkey Tennis, to the Alan Partridge fan podcast. We're on to episode three, Brave Alan. Uh, my name is Adam Brooks and I'm joined by Tom Dark. Don't be blue, Peter. Nick Older. The Lex Files. And Tom Stab. Sex Festival. Uh, before we get started, I just thought I'd let you know about our snack of choice today. We're all currently enjoying a cup of beans in tribute mm. to today's episode. Cup of beans. With a sausage in it, uh, hollowed out to form a spoon, courtesy of the Bow Creek Cafe uh, at Trinity Boy Wharf in London. So what do we all think gonna, of the couple well, of beans? Well, I'm, I'm actually I'm going to take my first uh, bite or whatever while you, now. While you chomp down, I'm going to say, like, obviously Michael says... Um, uh, you, 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 it's very warm. Yeah. Those are horrible eating noises, by the way. <laughs> Sorry. I'm going to back off the mic a bit. Spoon. It's actually quite difficult. It's difficult to get yeah. purchased on the beans. They just fall oh, off. I'm you finding fall- the beans are falling off. You've made a schoolboy error. What you do what is you, you take your first bite out of the sausage to form <laughs> oh, the spoon shaped hole. Like, which is what I've done, but I've got one bean. So <laughs> it's going to take ages. Okay, well, perhaps while we're, uh, while we're scoffing that, we can also get on with discussing this episode. Uh, it's described on the DVD packaging as, Alan meets Dan Moody, owner of Planet Kitchen. Both love director's kitchen. Pla- kitchen Planet. It's Kitchen Planet. It's Planet Kitchen on the DVD sleeve. Uh, Stab, can we get a, a check, Sorry, please? I'm, just, I'm confident it's Kitchen major Planet. error potentially there. Just an update on the uh, cup of beans. Um, the with. sausage is uh, very tasty. Yeah, thanks, um, Bow Creek Cafe. Yeah. The sausage is delicious. It really is very delicious. Um, I don't think the sausage works sufficiently as a spoon. It's never um, going to replace the actual spoon. You're never going to pull a cutlery drawer out and have a drawer of sausages, are you? Well, in Michael's house, he might do. Well, that's Nick true. is dropping beans everywhere. Oh, dear. Anyway, to finish, the, uh, the, finish the episode summary, uh, both Alan and Dan love Director's Bitter, use Lynx deodorant, and drive Lexi, plural for Lexus. Mm-hmm. When Dan asks Alan to present an award at the Norwich Bravery Awards, it seems an invitation to join Norwich's social elite is beckoning. Well, it's the Norfolk Bravery Awards. Stab, can you add that to the list? Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Riddled with errors. Well, Nick emerges from behind a sausage <laughs> to drill holes outrageous? in this episode. Uh, so there, there is bean juice all over the desk here and bean juice dribbling down your mug. We're off to a roaring start. <laughs> You're a mug. Uh, so we're in, we're in Radio Norwich. Uh, Alan's slot is 10 to midnight now uh, and the episode opens with him once again visibly annoyed at other people's fun. Right, so according to every ready word, uh, the exact line is, you own Kitchen Planet on the A416. The very same. Thank you. Can you also check it's the Norfolk Bravery Awards? Where does that happen in the episode? It's um, where Susan Cresswell is getting the award about halfway through. <laughs> yes. Um, so yeah, I, th- I think you're right. I think I'm with Nick on this. Yeah, yeah, they've made some, uh, some that. grave errors. That is outrageous. Okay, uh, so this I think this is the first time Alan's worn glasses, or that I've noticed him wear glasses, and it recurs as well. He continues to wear them throughout yeah. on a on a string around his neck. Yeah. It, to be honest, it, it is quite funny when he puts them on, but uh, yeah, he's never worn them before. Mm. He's also uh, taken a call at the start from the Nesbit sisters. Uh, the voices of those are uh, it's uh, the ladies playing uh, Lynn and Sonia. Both again, again saving on the cost of employing other voice actors there. Exactly. Uh, well done, everybody. There was a joke at this point about Jamie Oliver having a chubby tummy, but uh, apparently it was cut because it was too mean and Viz had already done it. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, that's true. Probably more because it had already been done than it being too mean, mm. I would imagine. Maybe Oliver's people had uh, got involved and put yeah. their kibosh on it. They, they named both as reasons on the commentary. I've got it. It's the Norfolk Bravery Awards. Wow. wow. So there's two printed errors on the DVD cover for our I'm Alan Partridge Series 2. Unbelievable. Sort it out, BBC. Exclusive expose. Um, so, um, Adam, Adam, you, Adam, you was... <laughs> <laughs> Do <you want> my <laughs> sausage? That'll work. There you go. Thanks, <laughs> So, uh... Bo <laughs> Oh, that is disgusting. There's bits of beans flying everywhere. Tom Stabbit is, Tom is genuinely drinking, drinking, drinking the beans. beans. 
Um, so yeah, Adam, you were saying how you feel that Alan doesn't like it when other people are having fun. Mm-hmm. So that's why he's looking a bit exasperated at the beginning of this episode. Is it also, does he just hate every other DJ on the station? I think that's also another angle on it. Oh yeah. Because anyone so. else that's a broadcaster... He thinks they're better than they shouldn't have the airtime. He's, he's either looking down on them or he's jealous of them, I think. Yep. Um, he uh, He's then reading out a letter about page three stunners. Uh, well, he realises he can't read it out on air, but then he basically <laughs> stores his own radio show to read it in his mind. What do we think it says? <laughs> I dread to think. Let's not go there. Okay. No. Then it's Alan's Deep Bath, sponsored by Dettol. Alan's Deep Bath, brought to you by Dettol. And then he hands over to Dave Clifton, who looks particularly broken this week, until Alan slips up by saying the worth of boast worlds. And then he kind of right. tries to justify what he was saying, but ultimately the sentence just goes on for ages. Yep. It's rather embarrassing. Yep. Um, on the commentary, they say that uh, Dave tries to convince himself his listenership is cool, and he imagines that he's broadcasting two kids coming home from the clubs. Could you imagine coming back from uh, a nightclub? I mean, to be fair, the last time I went to a nightclub was probably in about 2001. But you wouldn't come back and put the radio on, would you? Not if it was Dave Clifton, especially. He's basically playing eighties <laughs> disco, isn't he? Oh, actually, no, I definitely. In the cab on the way home, maybe you put Magic All, FM on. Always, always Magic. <laughs> magic. <laughs> this is kind of the equivalent of that, basically, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, true. True. Uh, there's a good question on the commentary from someone who said, "Would you rather have a night out with Dave or Alan?" I no. think Clifton would be an absolute barrel of the answer. Clifton no. would be drunk and it'd be fun, whereas Alan would probably be sad and serious. Yeah, I think it would be Clifton, wouldn't it? Uh, I I think the night with Clifton would start better the night with Alan would end better well the thing is you could just push Clifton into a car and then into a cab into the path of a car (laughs) not into the path of a car into a cab send him home and then you can just go and have a kebab in an early night okay Armando Anucci (laughs) said (laughs) Armando Anucci said he'd rather go for a drink with Alan because he thinks Dave would be bad company once he got underway Uh, uh, precisely so those two things are different though going for a drink or going out with but I feel like Alan would do that thing that you sometimes have with friends when you go to a bar and then it's that awkward stalling around oh who's going to buy a drink and Alan would be the one that would be uncomfortable yeah, whereas drink. Clifton would not hesitate to get the drinks. Yeah, in. it'd be Dave. Oh, hello, the oh, usual. Oh, you've already bought two rounds, yeah, Dave. Yeah. Thanks very much. <laughs> oh, you're back again. Yeah. Uh, another thing about this episode, they said in the commentary that a lot of fans liked this one the most. Uh, and also, it's an episode where filming was postponed for a while because Steve was ill. Uh, they also described Michael, Dan and Alan collectively as a horrible group of men, the sort of people you would see on the train with a Bluetooth headset. <laughs> they they yep. are those people. Yeah, yep. one in each ear, probably. So wh- one of my favourite bits was Alan in the studio at the top of this episode. So the phone-in subject uh, is they are talking about death, and they have an email from Frederick that says, Frederick emails, say he has four children, he's a proud father of a new baby boy, Joshua, and his daughter, Susan, five, has just started school. And he thinks, after death, there is nothing. <laughs> great payoff at the end of that. Yeah, that's that's really good. And then you've also got the great throw to uh, level 42 with the Chinese way. Great. How are we? How are we going to eat? And what floor's the restaurant on? It's a great song. It, it is just a great song. So then we're in the BP garage. Uh, Alan and Michael having a discussion about who, what they'd like to be reincarnated as. Michael wants to be reincarnated as a dolphin, but Alan thinks dolphins are too intelligent. <laughs> that is a great, uh, again, a bit of an unintentional put down because the way that he kind of uh, articulates that and the inflection he puts on it suggests like you're an idiot. You couldn't be a dolphin. Yeah. Couldn't even get to a dolphin's yeah. level. Also, uh, Michael then does a mime of trying to catch a fish in his mouth, which is so good, so funny. Followed by his way of impression. <laughs> the way is amazing. He's just like, ooh. Yeah, he says, no, that's homosexual. Oh, he does, yeah. Um, at the opening of this scene as well, Michael does another subtle dig at Alan, because he says to him, was it a good show tonight? Did anybody actually phone in? <laughs> so Michael knows that Alan's show is not a success. Yeah. Uh, in fact, it's amazing that, that they cut to Alan on the phone in the studio as often as they do, if he uh, hardly ever gets callers. 
True. I mm. feel like he maybe gets one or two callers a night and that's it. Mm. But when um, he does, it's absolute gold. Michael and Lynn's rivalry comes up in a subtle way yeah. here when Michael imagines her reimagining. Re- in, in a subtle way? I don't well, think it's that subtle. Well, I mean, he, he, he's happy to kill her, but only if she's taken the form of a badger. <laughs> but I he think, would hit her with a shovel. I think yeah. he'd hit her with a shovel regardless. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I've noticed Michael gets quite a lot of the big laughs in this series. Like, that moment there gets a massive laugh smashing Lynn in the face with a yeah. shovel. The helicopter story. Yeah. I think, like, if you were to give, like most improved player in terms of this series Michael he, I get so many laughs from him in this yeah, series I he, would actually brilliant. say in this episode in particular I think Michael is the uh, MVP of this, yeah. of this uh, episode they've really ramped up his role kind yeah. of made him more of a caricature more ridiculous yeah. more you know just kind of pathetic mm. and it just works funny. it yeah. just works and at this point uh, Stephen Mangum I believe I pronounced that correctly. I think uh, so. I heard it in a commentary Mangan uh, he enters as Dan Moody uh, owner of Kitchen Planet. That's right. Or Planet Kitchen, if you're reading the incorrect <laughs> DVD sleeve The there. BBC. Unbelievable. Uh, I'm yes. blaming Tony Hares for that. <laughs> so him and Alan Bond over there, love of the Daily Mail, uh, use of the word Lexi, <laughs> uh, description of it as the Japanese Mercedes. Uh, one of them's got Lynx Voodoo, the other one's got Java. Uh, can we na- uh, I think, uh, could we, could we name yeah. other brands of, of Lynx? Other- Even better than that, what was your favourite Lynx scent as a teenager? Because I'm sure we've all had our Lynx years. There was, an, was, there was an Ocean one. It was Ocean. Was it just called Ocean? Yeah. yeah Africa. Uh, Africa. Was that your favourite though? I don't think I had a favourite. I Af- think I just kind of my mum got me whatever. Africa just buy it was yourself. Grow up. No, when I was what? When I was like thirteen or fourteen, I wasn't well, buying my own deodorant. You weren't able to go to the shops and buy your own deodorant. Why would I bother? <laughs> mum would just buy it for me when she did her big shop. Or that lovely teacher that you got on yeah. so well with. <laughs> what was his name Mr. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. <laughs> Just, anyway, just to uh, clarify, J- Java Af- was my favourite. Yeah, about them. it was Africa. For also, me. you can cut this out, but he was very much a straight. <laughs> <laughs> That's what he wanted you to yep. think. <laughs> cut that. Uh, when, when it turns out they're both, <laughs> just his he was never convicted of being a. <laughs> it was just a vicious rumour. The so money was resting in my account. So oh, no, I said he as well. That narrows it down. <laughs> Well, it turns out they both use Lynx deodorant that it's also described as being like the X-Files. The second X-Files reference this series, they're uh, tossing up. Um, yeah, as we said, Dan Moody owns uh, Kitchen Planet, uh, and it exists, but in Inverness. Uh, there, <laughs> so there is a Kitchen Planet. We don't well, think it's the uh, same okay. one on Earth. Uh, also, we find out that Michael wears Tommy Hilfinger, <laughs> which I think is another good... We were talking about this last episode. Uh, it's another good example that they do use brand names a fair bit in this series, but sometimes they deliberately get them wrong for, for various reasons. Although, obviously, that's not Michael... Um, misunderstand the name that's why yeah, we're getting it from it's a, meant to be a knockoff yeah, but yeah. I think I think that was how they they were able to put Get it in the series it. yep I also made a bit of a note here that Alan kind of almost takes on a Jed Maxwell like uh, characteristic because he asks Dan for a second handshake which uh, sounds a little bit like oh, something yeah. that uh, yeah. great call Jed, Jed Maxwell was very much a fan of the second handshake here's a question for everybody perhaps oh, just, just move on from that by the way oh, don't, don't credit that clearly it's quite a nice observation that was just, a, just move what, on what, what do you want a round of applause we're just saying yeah that's quite insightful but then just move on that was quite insightful. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, a question for everybody. This is throwing ahead a bit to later on, but at what point do you think Dan targets Alan for sex stuff? Is it immediately? I think he's on, on the prowl constantly. Um, I think, he, obviously, yeah. they listen to his deep bath, and I yeah. think they are kind of, oh, it's an opportunity. He's seen an opportunity. He's going for it mm-hmm. to try and lure him into the I don't think Alan has a clue they're sex people until he arrives at their house. No, 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 of course no, not. no, no. But it's, it's more just, 
was Dan? Is it a coincidence that Dan was getting petrol there that day, or does he know Alan goes there? Oh, and he's see. gone after. No, I think he's gone. That's our next conquest. Yeah, right. really. I know where he I'm, ends. Oh, up. I was thinking it's a coincidence. Oh, it's Alan Partridge. Let me try and befriend him to join th- me and my wife's sex festival. I think it's more a case of he's just constantly uh, on the prowl for people, and as and when he spots a target, he will just lure them into his sex web. A bit like Tom's old school teacher. Do you yeah. reckon he actually? What uses voodoo uh, or uses links or whether he has I thought you meant rese- actual voodoo <laughs> yeah, that's right. has he, has he lured Alan into a sex festival using dark arts I didn't use uh, I didn't use uh, my words very well there what I mean is do you think he is using things that he knows Alan will like to lure him into oh, his web do, you, what, do we think he actually says Lexi yeah. and things like that do no you think I think they are just mail? they are just genuinely yeah. two peas okay. in a pod like yeah. that yeah yeah um so, yeah, so yeah, Dan and Alan arranged to have a drink. Michael has no problem being left out of it either. He's yeah, he'll just get is, hammered on his own. Yeah, that is one of my favourite lines. Yeah. I think in this episode, <laughs> fine, I'll just go and get hammered on. Which my own. is That's important great. because it's a, it's very distinct from uh, when Alan uh, when Michael befriends Tex in a later episode, and Alan has a huge problem with it. Yeah. This is yeah. uh, the other yeah. when it, it proves the other way round. Michael is uh, he's pretty easy going. And this is the moment when they leave the BP garage that. Uh, Alan says that he's on a six-figure income. We mentioned this in a previous hmm. episode. How is he on a six-figure income at local I... radio? Well, for a start, surely he's just lying. Um... But he's building a new house. He's driving a Lexus. He's yeah. got the static He's, he's put it all on credit. Maybe. Mm. This was pre to this was pre Lehman Brothers in 2007. Yeah, so maybe. Easy just... credit. Maybe he's just put it all but on credit. But the six-figure income is the one that I have the biggest issue with. Maybe that's a lie, though, because yeah. in front of Dan, who he knows, yeah. has a six-figure yeah. income, if not more. But it doesn't uh, seem to be played like that. It just seems to be played very straight, as if he genuinely is being very factual about it. I'm just I'm just curious as to how he's earning six figures a year. Yeah. I don't think he is. It's, it's, either, it's either a lie or a script oversight, I think. Yeah. I think it's a lie. Um, Stephen Mangum was in a play at the same time he was filming this and had to cycle from one job to another across London he was doing both at the same time yeah. yep. had anyone seen him in anything or was aware of him as an actor or as a comedian before this I think this is the first thing I saw yeah. him in. Um, same I, with me was Green yeah. Wing post I think Green yeah, Wing Green was just after. Yeah. not long after this because I think Green Wing I feel like five. is kind of what made him yeah famous yeah. a bit um, but he's also featured in Postman Pat the Movie Oh. Uh, he's, he's That's also, where I've seen him. Yep, that'll be it. He's Pat, isn't he? Uh, Just like Pat. I've got no idea. Um, he, but, he is, he's yep, yeah, Pat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, he's also featured in the Armando Unici shows again, and he's been in Nathan Barley as well. Yeah. We didn't mention at all that um, in, in this series, Armando Iannucci took over directing roles. He wasn't the director of the first series, it was Dominic Brigstock, and then oh, yeah. Iannucci directs the whole of this series, so. Just, just, just a quick thing on uh, Post and Pat as well. Uh, Stephen Mangan did do the voice of Pat, but Ronan Keating did the singing in Postman Pat. Mm-hmm. Someone's listened to, to Wittertainment, haven't they? All right. Uh, <laughs> oh, oh, hold on a sec. Sorry, so sorry. We just need to make sure. Good observation, Nick. Well done. Really well good. Done. Thank you. Very nice. good. Really insightful. Yeah, nice to be credited. And what's happened there is Nick's done yeah. some yeah. research. Clap along at home. Yeah. And that research Nick's done is listening to another podcast. Yeah, well, looked up something on the internet. So now we're at the uh, the static caravan uh, where he's... going to drink some beans. He's just had some <laughs> classic intercourse. Uh, so thanks to Sonia for that. Uh, this is, the I think, the opening practical joke of Sonia's as well. Uh, I find her jokes funny. I, I was going to say... I. Exactly what I have written here. I think it's genuinely funny. Yeah, and her visions themselves are just funny. Yeah, yeah. But Alan sees himself as a bit more sophisticated, and he's above it. But mm. no, but he's not. No, of course <laughs> not. They but definitely are. They definitely are funny when you see Lynn's face when she sits on the whoopee cushion. <laughs> yeah. But remember this. I'm sold. Another observation alert. Uh, so the, the whoopee. Hold cushion, on, listeners. The whoopee cushion is deployed. We know that because Alan sat on it, oh. and the gas has been expelled. 
Lynn sits down and further gas is expelled. Has Lynn just accidentally done a trump? <laughs> and, and Alan's assumed that it's the whoopee cushion. That is a great theory. I, I, I think, like it. I think Lynn's just... Because um, didn't she go out for a curry with Gordon? Which <laughs> <laughs> yeah. is speaks for itself. Yeah. So, so, yeah, obviously... Lynn cannot comes in and cannot wait to reveal her date. She's uh, doing very thinly veiled uh, allusions yeah, to what's been going she's on. She's giddy with excitement when she turns up at the static home, isn't she? Yeah. She's who can so blame her? She's never had so much fun. Um, also, it's worth mentioning at this point, Alan is already describing Dan as his best friend. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Michael, Michael has been dropped very quickly. Yep. Does he ever say that Michael's his best friend? Well, who, who are his other friends? Well... Clearly, no one. Exactly. Dave Clifton. I think it, I think it's implied in the script that he has been talking to Sonia about him a lot already because Sonia says, "So this Dan, the kitchen man, you know, that's already how he's known." <laughs> Dan's so I, a fantastic yeah. man. <laughs> <laughs> I imagine Alan's got straight back from the first meeting at the BP garage and talked to Sonia about him for like eight hours straight about how amazing he is. There's a discussion between uh, Felicity Montague and uh, Armando Nietzsche on uh, the commentary about to what extent Lynn and Gordon's relationship is sexual. Uh, Steve Coogan claimed that Lynn and Gordon did kiss and slash do sex stuff. Uh, what? I know, but, fe- but Felicity thinks in one of the most toe-curling uh, discussions on the whole commentary that Lynn's organs have dried up, really. <laughs> oh. Oh. Felicity. Oh. Too far. Yeah. Probably true, though. Uh, they also mentioned that this series explores friendship a lot. That's one of the overriding themes. Alan, Michael and Lynn all get new friends over the course of this series. Uh, oh. And that Alan's almost lonely because he only has Sonia. Who's Michael's new friend? Tex. Tex. Oh, of course. Coming up in a future Tex. episode. And, and Neris, but we'll come on to that in a few weeks. you now. So Alan becomes very, uh, not overprotective, because I don't think he's protecting Lynn, but he's trying to remove any other influence over her. Is it? That's it. Uh, removing the influence or protecting, I feel like he's he's not got her best interests at heart. No, because her best interests are to carry yeah. on seeing Gordon. Yeah, uh, but that's probably at Alan's expense, I guess. But is that is it more? Alan doesn't want Lynn embarking in some kind of relationship, which would then mean she's not available to him twenty four seven. Yeah, as exactly, well. exactly. Yeah. So she's trying. She's she's trying. He's trying to remove all other demands on her time and and so on. Uh, he also trims his nose hair while he's doing this. <laughs> next to, he's using that nasal trimmer next to two photos of himself as well. So you've got triple partridge on the go Lovely. there. He also uh, tells her off for laughing at weather, which becomes uh, important later on in yes. the episode. Yes. As I'm sure everyone's spotted. And there's more jembling. Sorry to go on about oh, it. When he uh, again. Back once again with the jembling master. When he meets, Three weeks in a row now. He meets, yeah, but he keeps doing it. He meets Dan and describes him as Sir Dan's worth of movie shot. <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't mean it's sexual. No. Well, not well, yet, anyway. It, yeah, it gets sexual. Come on. A uh, little uh, bit of background observation. Did you spot the Amstrad email yes, phone? That's 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 no, I didn't. Yeah. Brilliant. Um, I've seen smaller tills. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I thought I thought these these were actually called email phones. They were actually called the emailer. The emailer phone. And the, and the A on it was obviously the at sign. Because it's the future. Uh, How which... did that man make any money? <laughs> well, I, I don't think yeah. they made money off these. They were launched in 2000, and by the looks of it, they were um, out of service by 2004, so it's quite short-lived. But just to clarify the Wikipedia details for any younger listeners who have no idea what an Amstrad email phone is. Sorry, or Amstrad what Amstrad e- is. Emailer. <laughs> yeah, or what any of it is. It's essentially a telephone with an LCD screen and limited internet dial-up and email messaging capabilities. And who Alan Sugar is. He's a bearded, rich bastard. But probably not rich off the emailer. No. Mm. He's uh, a lord. In other Alan tech news, his mobile Who's phone... The lord? Not his... him. <laughs> <laughs> the worst. His mobile phone is a Motorola Time Port, which is now available on eBay for £14. Mm. What? 
Yep. So if you consider his car in Series 1 is only 50 quid, £14 for one of those phones seems quite extravagant. There you go. Yeah, a bit much. Luxury. Also, Motorola, the first phone to carry iTunes uh, on it. Alan also recycles all of the badger facts that he got from Michael to impress <laughs> Dan. Uh, I noticed he's uh, just yeah, nicking other people's points. knowledge and just say things to anyone to impress them if he thinks that it will get him some credibility. <laughs> good observation. Yeah, good observation. Uh, and then Sonia finally gets Alan with a practical joke. It's the fake hammer that does it. Again, very funny. <laughs> that yeah. would be yeah. terrifying because yeah. it looks like a real hammer. Prompts yeah. him to describe her as mildly cretinous. <laughs> Although I wondered, does he choose that word thinking that she can't understand? He could have used a simpler insult, but he's trying to bamboozle her by saying cretinous. No, mm. if he doesn't want Sonny to understand him, he just speaks very just, quickly. Yeah. <laughs> speak very quickly, she can't understand. Oh, so good. he dismisses Lynn. You and, Co- you and Gordon can go and laugh at Drizzle. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then, oh yeah, I love this bit. Uh, oh yeah, he's going to the Bravery Awards, isn't he, at this point? He's been the invited. Norfolk Bravery Awards. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but haven't we missed the bit where Lynn basically put some kind of death grip on him? That uh, that comes at the end of the scene. I think. Yeah, it's yeah. a bit later. Yeah, yeah that's on. right at the end of the scene. Because okay. first, Sonia has to say, "Tonight, I will try out some of my <laughs> jokes and make brave people laugh again." <laughs> and then his face following that is the best expression I've seen of yeah. all series. Uh, and there's another reference to people with ME at this point as well. Yes. Uh, yeah. Then I've got Alan. The Alan attempts fake jo- fake knife joke on Lynn, and she slams him <laughs> like she's be- always been expecting it. Yeah, which makes me like- wonder if Michael really would win that fight or not. Ooh, very good. good point. There's only one way to find out. Yep. Uh, next up, they're in the car, uh, immediately getting rid of Sonia's fake beard. <laughs> uh, they filmed quite a few takes of that. Um, they uh, they tried to th- open the door and throw it out the window. In the end, Sunroof was the uh, the winner. Uh, all of the uh, all of the car um, sequences are filmed very low res, aren't they? That's yeah. what I was going to say. It's like you'd think they could have better kind of yeah. camera rigs attached to the cars or something because li- it's literally like a little crappy camcorder on a dashboard Marion and Jeff is around this time and that was better quality yeah. and that was literally just a camera mounted on a but dashboard I, I wonder if it was a deliberate choice to make it like that but again I it just doesn't so. really yeah. fit yeah. with the rest yeah. of the I show I don't know why it? that's what the technology allowed on the commentary they say the placement mm. of the characters in the car Sonia's been put in the back in the middle uh, she's basically she's like playing, a naughty child she's right? playing the part of a bored child yeah. that's basically yeah, what yeah. they said but that then makes Alan and Lynn mum and dad with with Sonia the naughty teen but then I think throughout this series you get quite a few interesting moments in terms of Alan and Lynn's relationship where they kind of team up against Sonia's yeah. stupidity. They're basically. almost parenting her, yeah. like outwitting her. Yeah. Yeah. But it also it kind of, it's the moments like that when they're actually acting like almost normal friends, mm. which doesn't happen very often. Uh, shortly after that, they are in the car park and Alan is shouting for Dan. We would love to talk about this, but uh, we've got a better idea. We're going to pass over to celebrity correspondent Chris Moyles for his view as he's very interested in this scene. Do you, remember, do you remember that one where he shouted Dan? Oh, that was a good one, wasn't it? What did you like about that one? Oh, I liked it when he shouted Dan. Me too. Is there anyone called Monkey Tennis? Monkey Tennis. I'm going to go and get it. it. I thought you were joking. The Alan Partridge Podcast. Brilliant. Okay, thank you very much, Radio X's Chris Moyles. Lovely uh, to uh, hear his opinion on that, isn't it? Uh, quick again. Quiz for <laughs> 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 quick quiz for everybody. Unless if you've written this down, in which oh, case... Oh, I you? know where you're going with this. How many times good. does Alan shout Dan? Great oh, question. I don't know, but I'm going to guess 11. Okay, so I'm going to go 14. Nick? I'm going to go 17. Stab is closest. The answer is 15. Uh, good. Good. What was your guess? Done. 
Um, 14. If you look closely as well, you see Sonia and Lynn both corpsing in this. They both gradually oh, have to turn around and face the other way. Uh, I'm pretty sure they're cracking up. I feel a bit like with this dance scene. It is funny and it was funny at the time, but it's become a bit of a small my cheesy mother. This is what like, I was going to say. Yeah. It's not hugely funny anymore. I didn't laugh watching it back, no. but I guess that's because it's just well, been done yeah. to death. Well, I think that's yeah, perfect yeah. example of the fact that that's Moyles the uses fault. that as yeah. the kind of the partridge thing. Because Anytime you meet someone called Dan. Yeah. Yeah. It's done. Yeah, imagine being so very tiring. Yeah. But uh, I do like the bit where he puts his arm around Sonia and then goes to put his arm around Lynn and then changes his mind. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> better, better. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. funny. Uh, there, actually, what we what we should have mentioned as well. This is a brilliant line. When they get out of the car at the Chorister's car park, uh, you you kind of Alan's kind of mid conversation with Lynn saying, "But Lynn, please have a word with the builder because the other day his jeans were so far off his backside he could more or less see his anus." <laughs> I think that's a trait for all builders, isn't it? It's just what they do. Oh, exactly. That's what he's paying the money for. There's a for. lot of bending and stretching involved. Yeah. Exactly. can't blame them. Yeah. Especially when they got to redo the skirting board numerous times. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so they're at the Bravery Awards now, sponsored by Coleman's. Um, oh, yeah, I should mention at this point, very important, uh, as Alan is about in this scene to take a giant mouthful of Coleman's, we're going to play an Alan Partridge food quiz uh, towards the end of the show, and whoever loses is going to have to do the same thing as Alan. I'm take genuinely, genuinely worried about the prospect wow. of having to do that. make sure you win then, I, I refuse to eat mustard until about two years ago. Go, I'm still not. I'm not ready for this. Well, but, you'd better well, hope you yeah, you better this. coming yeah. up in a little while. Uh, so, and as a bit of bonus fun, I think because producer Jed's been quite quiet over the last few weeks, I reckon whoever has the forfeit, Jed can join them in that as well. Perhaps, perhaps Jed, you could sum up your feelings towards mustard in a word. <laughs> he's chosen he's used a noise sound. instead of a word. That's that fine. means he likes it. Yeah, looking yeah. forward to it. Sounds um, pretty positive. So Susan Cresswell is the recipient of the bravery award that uh, Alan's handing out. He describes as braver than ten firemen or twelve policemen, making the exchange <laughs> rate of bravery one point two policemen to the firemen. Um, uh, and she, oh yes, yeah, she works for Cromwell Certif- Certificated Bailiffs, bailiffs which uh, Easy there is for you to say. there <laughs> there is a site for Certificated Bailiffs. <laughs> um, and he, she lost a hand. He spends a lot of time gawping at it he, and describes he, yeah. it as he like a human JCB. This is my question, though. Is it brave that you lost a hand? Because bravery, to me, suggests that you put yourself in danger to uh, either help someone else or do something. But this is just simply something happened to her and she still survived. So you're trying to take her bravery away from her. Perhaps in, perhaps in Norfolk, you take what you can get. Maybe. I just think, I'm not sure she's brave. She just might have been a bit daft. For Also, I think it's a gag. There is that. Yeah. <laughs> um, I've not seen the funny side. I mean, <laughs> uh, the chap that Dan Moody's talking to uh, comes back, obviously, in Alpha Papa as the owner of Shapes Parent Company, uh, Gordell uh, Media. That's yeah. right. Alan his name fans. Nigel Lindsay. He's in Four yes. Lions as well. Oh, that's he? right. Yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, Alan comes back from a poo, having said, "I should get a bravery award for that." <laughs> <laughs> oh God, we've all been there. <laughs> I think it's. It, this happens so much. Alan is more than willing to share his uh, his bodily functions with uh, anybody who's willing to listen. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Looking, very true. Yeah, listening I'm not sure to... they were willing to listen. They were just there when they he had, said it. Yeah, they had no choice. Yeah. He's just very open about movements in general, whether they're, yeah. they're yeah. scatty or sexual. <laughs> One flush, gone. Uh, <laughs> we should accomplish. We meet Dan's out. wife for the first time at this point, uh, where Alan says, oh, Dan's told me all about you. Well, actually, it turns out just that Dan was married. Um <laughs> Which I think happens, that probably happens in dinner parties all over the place, I think. Yeah. There's, there's been a number of times I'm sure I've said, oh yeah, I've heard all about you and I know next to nothing yeah, about yeah, that yeah. person. Um, <laughs> so remember, if Adam ever says that to you, you yeah, know he's yeah. being very insincere. It means I don't know you or care. Um, no, but... Um, <laughs> 
Uh, I kind of made an observation here that there are early indicators, early warnings that the um, uh, what's his name? I've completely forgotten. Dan Moody. Dan Moody um, is a bit sexy because he talks about uh, Norfolk being a rump, and rumps obviously oh, yeah. a bottom, and bottoms can. You know. Oh, I see what you mean in terms yeah. of what, foreshadowing what's going to happen yeah, later. Yeah. Not as in you find him yeah. sexy. Yeah. No, 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 no. <laughs> but there, there, there's numerous sex references here, which I think is a bit of an early warning sign that they're sex people. Absolutely. Alan, like I said, is very open about his sexy times with Sonia, so I was quite surprised. That, he's I mean, being, we'll get onto it later. He's being but, bawdy and yeah. it's, you know, hoping they'll enjoy it. But when he's genuinely confronted with it in, yeah. in yeah. his face. It's a bit like Susan's I Want You To Go All The Way With Me from exactly. Series yes, 1. Yes. He's, yeah. he's involved up to a point. Yeah. Uh, some other bits and pieces. Karen Coleman's house uh, in this was uh, also used in Hammer Horror films. Oh, really? Well, no, he says in in the series. Oh, uh, Alan, Alan <laughs> again, just, again in in the show that you've watched. Yeah. But then Alan just, Alan says, "Yeah, it's like it's it's Draclia's house." <laughs> yes, exactly. So it's he another mi- he mispronounces it. Another mispronunciation. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and I also love that Lynn approaches him and he says, uh, "Oh, this." <laughs> 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 yeah. And then uh, Karen Coleman goes on to tell an anecdote about getting uh, getting all rained on and getting drenched, and Alan laughs his ass off in direct. Uh, yeah. Contradiction yeah. of him telling Lynn off earlier. The same thing. I think this just goes back to the fact that Alan is a bit of a dick sometimes. Mm. Um, and Phoebe, who played Karen Coleman, apparently was very nervous because uh, they hadn't finished writing her part until the morning she had to film it. Oh, wow. yeah. yeah, there seems to be a lot of that throughout this series. They were rewriting the script right up until filming. Yeah. Not normally a good sign, is it? But Not really, but uh, they managed to make it work. It's worked out pretty well. Um, oh yeah, then he's uh, he gets into an old, sort of altercation with the lady in the wheelchair. Uh, eventually, saying to her, "Would you be brave enough to let me finish my conversation?" <laughs> I love his uh, his small talk with uh, Karen Coleman as well about what do you think about the new kids on the block? Tabasco, sorry, yeah. <laughs> sorry, sorry. <laughs> I don't think there are new kids on the block either. It would be, be more Sriracha. like yeah, yeah, yeah. again, Nando's Peronets. Yeah, Nick again. Yeah. Isn't that the joke? Yeah. Also, that they've got nothing. <laughs> they've got, they've, they've got nothing to do with mustard, and you wouldn't have them on the same meals anyway. Yeah. The joke so. is, it's like what he's saying is just doesn't make sense, really. Like soy is not a new thing. What you're saying doesn't make any sense. Look <laughs> <laughs> <Stick laughs> over there. <laughs> Uh, Braveheart gets referenced, which I think is the first time that the film which titles the episode is ah. brought up in the episode. So then uh, Sonia's talking to Karen Coleman, I think, about her plight. Uh, this was explained in a letter in the scripts, which uh, I think basically she was married to a man called Jack. Uh, Sonia already had a husband. Um, oh, Jack shit. Yep. <laughs> That's the guy. Uh, and then, yeah, there's a whole there's a whole letter between Alan and him trying to work out uh, the situation with Sonia. So I was wondering, what is the backstory between Alan and Sonia getting together? Is that explored in the book? Or it in... is explored in the book. Basically, right. basically, the uh, a friend of Alan's called Pete Gabitas, who's the MD of Blue Barn Media, uh, now dead. Uh, he organises Ukrainian girlfriends for his friend, and basically uh, he sorts Alan out a Ukrainian girlfriend who is Sonia, who Alan describes as the second best. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, another little fact: uh, Blue Barn Media are named in the credits for Crash Bang Wallet Porter video ah. as well. And what's interesting is that I it, think it, is, I feel like Pete Gabatas is actually used in a, as a fake credit somewhere as well. Is that it's right? not Pete Gabatas, which is I was like when I heard it on the audiobook and it said Pete Gabatas, I was like, I'm sure it's that's listed. Bell, yeah. It's ringing a bell, and I went back and checked the um, the credits. It's actually the producer is Phil Gabatas. In ah. Crash Bang Wallet, what a video. So I wonder if uh, that's either a continuity error or maybe just Phil and Pete running uh, terrible 
media companies together as, and their brothers. I think yeah. it's Planet Kitchen, Kitchen, Kitchen Planet, Planet. <laughs> Norfolk Bravery Awards, Norfolk Awards. I'll do that again. I think it. <laughs> I think it. I'll tell you what I think it is. <laughs> I think it's Kitchen Planet, Planet Kitchen, Norfolk Bravery Awards, Norwich Bravery Awards. It's <laughs> <laughs> I think Nick is either drunk or having a stroke. I'm not sure what's happening. <laughs> are, Nick, are you okay? <laughs> <laughs> Nick, tell me what you think it is. <laughs> He's had two beers. I just think that it's a, you know, a continuity issue. Yeah, great. What I Should we move on? Great observation. <laughs> <laughs> um, they also reveal that he bought the rights to K9, the dog from Doctor Who. That's, yeah, yeah, that's that, so weird. Apparently, it was going to be a bigger plot point, but it got cut in the end. Um, yeah, I, th- I think there are a lot of uh, extra plot points that they just didn't have time to fit in for all of these episodes. The impression I got from listening to commentaries and what have you. Um, Alan is abandoned at this point. Sonia and uh, and does Lynn mm. Lynn's, Lynn's Lynn's gone there. off anyway. Basically, every, everyone's got post award show plans except Alan. That's so right. it reminded me a bit of uh, the episode where he has nothing to do in series one. Yeah, so he's going to dress up and be a shitty zombie. Or he's off like to that. the arcade. Yeah. Well, yeah, he actually says shitty zombies yeah. in this one, doesn't he? Because he's playing. Uh, I was throwing forward. Got yeah, playing a little video game. Even Michael's unavailable. Um, there is a uh, bit of uh, <laughs> there's a bit of info in the commentary about what Sonia does when she leaves. So. Uh, Sonia leaves with Karen, uh, but then uh, goes off to her house, lets a stink bomb off in her car, <laughs> uh, causes causes uh, Karen's dog to be sick on a baby, <laughs> and then and, and then Sonia's ejected from the party. Oh, I love she, was, Sonia. she was threatening to set off stink bombs at the, uh, at the bravery awards. Lovely Sonia. I do love the bit where uh, Alan just goes into the petrol station hoping to see Michael and you know uh, spend some time with him and he's like no. No, 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 no. <laughs> He's horrified that someone else yeah. is there. Why isn't Michael working 24-7, 365? So Alan heads to Michael's house. Yeah, uh, if, if he's not at work, I will go to his house. <laughs> where he gets that delicious cup of beans, which we've all been enjoying throughout this episode. Yeah, now how, how's that settled for everyone? How do we feel about it now? Well, I've smashed my sausage and half of, well, Nick's as well, and I've just got most of a cup of beans. <laughs> so that's 10 have... out of 10 from you. Oh yeah, it gets 10 on 10 from it's me. It's very labour intensive trying to scoop the beans yeah, out with a sausage, isn't it? I don't think it would really work as a system going forward. I'm happy to try it once, but I won't be doing it again. I think you smash the sausage and then just drink the beans like you would a mug of coffee or tea. <laughs> it's not which is what I did and it worked. It's yeah. not the fry-up of the future, is it? No, no it's not. No. Uh, so, yeah, it's a Michael special, actually, is adding a sausage. So, presumably, a cup of beans is literally just that. <laughs> just a cup standard. Of beans. Yeah. Uh, so, it's good to see the door has been reattached or a new door has been attached at Michael's house as well. So, good news for him there. Yeah. Uh, and I, I, I like it because he... When he goes to answer the door, he shouts for somebody to shut the dog in, which made me think, who does Michael live with? Who else is there? Well, well you see like... the man leave, don't you? The big, sort of, like, huge biker-looking yeah. guy leave the house. But who is he? Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. And I've also got a note, what do we think they're doing in there? Oh, he's watching a documentary on triads, isn't he? So he says, <laughs> yeah. I'm not sure if he actually yeah, is. Is he really? <laughs> is he really? On, on the commentary, uh, they, they, ask, they say that the question of why didn't Michael let Alan in the house has become the what's in the draw of this series. Like, oh, it's a mystery yeah. that, mm. that's yet to, that's never been explained. So why don't we ask the people at home to speculate what is going on inside Michael's house? Please do wildly speculate what his living conditions are, how rent is paid or arranged, <laughs> <laughs> what he how sleeps many people on. live there, etc. I, I think he probably sleeps on a deck chair with a sleeping bag in his own house as or well. just on the floor. Yeah. Also, why doesn't he have a spoon? No, no, he's, he's got, got one, one spoon, spoon, but it's in the bathroom. And he has no reason to use it. <laughs> 
I dread to think what that spoon has been used for. Also, when he shuts the door on Alan, why does he just turn around and face the opposite direction? <laughs> so bizarre. So also, good. Alan turns down the soup because he's apparently not a tramp, but I would say beans in a and a, a yeah. sausage is probably sat on someone's doorstep. Yeah. <laughs> and Michael's not getting premium sausages, is he? No. He's getting very bargain basement. He's, he's 30% got... pork sausages. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. All the gristle. So much rusk. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I think at this point, uh, Alan finally heads around to Dan Moody's, right? It's time to get sexy. Mm. Oh, yeah. His smile, Dan, sorry, oh, it's yeah. smile. Amazing. It's so creepy. So creepy. creepy. Yeah. No, but I've got Dan's creepy smile is amazing in my notes. It is brilliant. The last bit where he just, they, look, the camera focuses yeah. on yeah. him and he just holds it for just too yeah. long. Yeah. It's so good. <laughs> <laughs> Following on with uh, brilliant facial expressions, when Lynn arrives, the look on Alan's face, he is horrified that she's turned up. She doesn't know what she's walked in. I was going to say, why is Lynn there? But actually, Alan has summoned her. She's come yeah, with yeah. brochures again. Like, yeah, he was drop, on the phone to her. Um, drop, drop your plans. You know, whatever you're doing with Gordon, <laughs> do uh, do come down to Dan's house and bring the uh, kitchen brochures. I've got a brilliant yep. still of uh, Dan's smile, which I think we should put on the social. Dan's creepy it is smile, disgusting and creepy and brilliant. Absolutely. You know? I think Lynn is more adept at dealing with this situation than Alan, isn't she? She's very firm. She's like, no, I don't want to be part yeah, of your yeah. sex yeah. festival. Mm, definitely. Whereas he he already knew what was going on, but hadn't summoned the strength to leave. <laughs> Whereas, uh, yeah, Dan's wife has her hand about thirty mil from Alan's gland, and he doesn't do anything about it. Don't rub your fanny on me <laughs> that always gets a massive yeah. laugh from me <laughs> oh dear yeah Lynn knows her boundaries oh your middle finger just touched it <laughs> <laughs> so it, they're kind of referred to as sex swappers but mm. uh, I assume they're just swingers basically I think so what's the deal it's I think the deal is proportion. I think they just have a threesome and get it on don't is that they? what it is I think so yeah I think they're up for anything do you think they're up for Lynn as well yeah. I don't think Lynn w- yeah, well I don't think welcoming. they didn't invite yeah. Lynn though Alan invited Lynn yeah, yeah but there was no sense when Lynn turned up of them being like oh our fun's been scuppered no, no I think actually. they thought more fun if anything it yeah. was what do you want to drink uh, one small Bailey's mm. uh, join the join yeah. the group uh, they worried on the commentary that this scene was jumping the shark they, they, they thought maybe this is this is the bit of the show where they've gone a bit silly really? yeah uh, but they that, also that thought that I think, they, yeah. they thought that about Jed Maxwell as well. They said that this was like the equivalent of. Uh, I think of this that is moment. this is closer to a jumping the shark. I agree. Jed Maxwell's inspired and brilliant. Yeah, um, but I still think this is funny. Yeah, yeah. Then I, I would think if there's any moments in this series where it jumps the shark, those are the, those are the scenes where it's the action is a lot more slapstick. Yeah, or well, like the table scene with Dante Fire. Yeah, so. or later on, um, well. Something that we'll discuss in a couple of weeks' time, because okay. I've got beef with it. Okay. Ooh, mad <laughs> beef coming yep. up. Tune wow. in for that. Um, also on the commentary, they talked a little bit about uh, about how Lynn and Alan will re- would have reacted to this situation in the aftermath. Uh, Felicity Montague says that Lynn will never refer to this again. And uh, yeah. <laughs> and I think Armando Inucci said that he thinks uh, by the end, Alan will have uh, forgotten about the sex stuff and just remembered it as a day that he beat a boy in care at the arcade. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds about right. Correct. Uh, So now we're back to the radio station where Alan is uh, hastily cancelling his his deep bar or doing the last ever deep bar. uh, Horrified (laughs) as he is. Do you think he had to put a call into Dettol to say, guys, we've got to cancel it? I think he's made a snap decision. Dettol will have to pick up the pieces the next day. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Uh, There were a lot of uh, scenes they didn't use of the the moody couple's reaction shots to Alan's deep bath, including one where they're actually having sex to it. I was going to say... See, that would have been too far. Yes, definitely. It feels like a similar scene to uh, Jill where he's... um, doing the yeah. broadcast to Jill and it cuts to Jill yeah. that's sort of what I would expect to see here yeah um, because he the, yeah, he's directing what, it his to his broadcasting them. is directly to yeah. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah. But maybe they didn't want to feel like they were treading old ground, but that's what it feels like they sort of are doing, but yeah. in a good way. And they gave them like two or three reaction shots. I think any more would have been overkill, really. Yeah, maybe. Especially if they're bonking away like mad. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Too much. Did you anyone else think the the fact they have the flashbacks to him in the arcade is a little bit like uh, the lap dancing daydreams in season one? Yeah. Just the way it, it's kind of on his face and he's kind of zoning out and it kind of... There's a few things where they just that they just do once in this series that they did yeah. routinely every episode That's, last time, yeah. isn't it? I, I think want, the flashback bit is the last episode when he has the flashback to him but I wondered eating why the they didn't use the Toblerone oh, yeah. as like a, a through line for They're, the whole thing in the same way that they did the Well, I think the they, they the did series. consider doing that as a regular flashback, but decided against it, because I think in the end the Toblerone is in, is in two episodes. Where, where's the first description of his breakdown driving to Dundee well, Toblerone? It's in the first episode. Oh, right, yeah, so they could have used it. They could have used it then, but then the only time they actually use footage of him eating... Toblerone and being obese and driving to Dundee in his bare feet is in the last the episode. Last episode. See, it's almost like you're building up to. He refers to it, but you don't really see it properly. Although you do see him chubbed up in the. Uh... You see him chubbed up, but you don't see him mid breakdown on. barefoot in Dundee. One, one second, guys. We're just checking. Yeah, I believe the medical term is chubbed up. That yeah. is correct. Yes. I am using the quote that Alan uses in the book, which is that I oh, yeah. was clinically oh, yeah. chubbed up. Yeah. There you go. So it's it's all it's all it's all factually correct. Not my here. words. <laughs> uh, go on. So there's a bit of music over the flashback arcade scene here, uh, which is a song I didn't know. I don't know. Did any of you guys know this song at all? Not before I heard it on this. No. Yeah, exactly. So it it's called Matchstick Men and Matchstick Cats and Dogs by an act called Brian and Michael. Um, so they not the Michael, not not the <laughs> Michael, sadly. And it seems like they're a bit of a one-hit wonder, a bit like the one-hit wonders we discussed in season one. They had a this 90- is this is about the um, isn't it about the artist as well? Yes, my my basic. I was watching as I think yeah, I said that's in the right, last yeah. episode. I was watching it with my uh, my parents, and my mum was just or well, my parents were just talking about this, so they knew this song and knew the backstory yeah, it, of it. It was a massive hit in the seventies, basically. Uh, but they remained one-hit wonders. The two members were Michael Coleman, Kevin Parrott, and the choir featured on the track was the St. Winifred School Choir, who people might know from the awful novelty hit, There's No One Quite Like Grandma. Didn't know it. Where you do. Uh, Does that bring us to the end of the episode? Any more points to raise? Well, I I think we've kind of said this already, but I just think Michael was the absolute highlight of this episode. Every scene he's in is absolute partridge gold. He stole the show. Yeah. And uh, just quickly, according to IMDb, this episode has a 8.7 out of 10 rating, which is the second highest in this series, but not the highest. Hmm. What was the rating of last week's show? Because we did forget to mention that. We did forget to mention that. It was uh, episode two is 8.6. So we've had uh, episode one was 8.3, which is the joint lowest, as we said. So quite low for the first so episode. So rising every time. Then so eight point six and then eight point seven, yeah. So we'll keep a tally as it goes through and then we'll average it out and compare it to last season. Building to a crescendo. Okay, uh we're gonna take a little break, but we're gonna be back in a second. We're playing a partridge food quiz where the loser is gonna have to, like Alan, swallow a large dollop of mustard, and then there'll be cards against Alanity as well. Wivenhoe, Flitwick, Toddington, Spixworth, Tiptree. Holbeach, Pinchbeck, Terrington St. Clement, Thetford Forest. It's 10pm. This is Norfolk Nights with Alan Partridge. Okay, so I had a little look online and found a uh, Alan Partridge food quiz. Food plays quite a big part in the second series of Alan, although there are some series one questions or series one questions and answers uh, in this quiz. So uh, cast your minds back 
and uh, we'll give it a go. Basically, some of them are fill in the blanks, some of them are straightforward questions, and whoever hits the bell first and gets the answer right scores a point, and the loser at the end, or the person with the lowest score, will eat a tablespoon or teaspoon, sorry, of Coleman's mustard. Are we ready, gang? Yes. Yeah. Okay. I suppose so. Okay, first question. Smell my blank, you mother. Cheese. Who got yeah, it in first? Did. Mm. did you? I demand a recount. Jed? It's it was gone. Adam. He's gone to Adam. Cheese. Dry skin cream keeps Alan. <laughs> we finish the question. No, you fit. No, you know, no, you've no, rung no. the bell. That's not how it works. What was, what was the bit that I heard? Dry skin cream keeps Alan's, and then you rang the bell. Uh, athlete's foot. No. Uh, You're disqualified from this question. Dry skin keeps Alan's pillow looking like a. Flapjack. Correct. Can I oh, just refer back to the last question? It's a food quiz. Why would athlete's foot be the answer? <laughs> You're mad, man. <laughs> I buzzed early. All right. We know you did. Alan accuses farmers of feeding these to swans. Uh, Nick? Beef, beef burgers? Correct. Yes. Alan says a farmer probably had this for breakfast. <laughs> beef. Incorrect. <Mince>. Adam? <laughs> An ins- infected spinal column in a bat. Correct. Oh. Bathroom is like going inside a giant one. Adam? Fox's glacier mint. Correct. It. It's hotter than the sun. Apple pie. Correct. Uh, ruins Alan's Bond videos. Sunny Delight. Correct. Alan fantasises that he is asking Chris Rea, Chris, Chris Rea if he likes these. Correct. Mini oh, Kiev's. Correct. Mini Kiev's. Correct. Correct <laughs> the voice and the answer. Quizmaster Tom. But he did get it right. Uh, composed of a small Bailey's, a gin and top. Ladyboy. Correct. Alan puts a mashed up one of these in a toilet. Dundee cake. Correct. Gets all over. Al- gets all over Alan's bed in the travel tavern. Chocolate mousse. Correct. Tastes like fizzy Benelin. Dr. Pepper. Correct. <laughs> Alan tells Lynn to go stand by these to remove herself from the theatre of conflict. Yakult. Correct. <laughs> Alan orders a bottle of this at his meeting with Tony Hares. Uh, blue Nun. Whoa, correct. Whoa, whoa, hang on. Half a bottle of Blue Nun. Surely that's the correct answer. It just says orders a bottle well, of this. Well, I think I get about it at this point. Uh, you don't. No, mate. Michael- <laughs> <laughs> Worth a try. Michael thinks you can make this in a microwave. Copper beans? No. Oh, no. <laughs> Toast. Oh, Correct. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> right, at this point, let's take a score recap. Let's have a look. Jed, okay, it is Nick on six, Tom Dark on two, and Adam on six. Bugger. Ooh, I don't think Tom's going to win this, but... Nope. <laughs> uh, okay, where are we? Action Man Bowtie is a variety... Facility pasta? Correct. No. Okay. They do not contain any crab. Tom? Crab sticks. Correct. Yes. <laughs> Alan has a very well-rendered marble arch made of this. Chocolate. Nick? Correct. Alan's preferred coffee dispenser. Adam? Flavia. Correct. Ah. <laughs> when placed in a window is a signal love making. Tom? Non bread? No. no. Ah. Ketchup. Nick is correct. And that's the end. So, what are the scores on the doors? Ooh. What do we have here? Right. I think we all know what's happened here. <laughs> well, Tom Doc's at last in three, so he's yeah. going to be doing the. Yeah. He's going to be doing the Coleman's Mustard Challenge. Uh, Nick is on eight, and Adam is also on eight. Oh, oh some kind of playoff, surely? Right. Okay, we're going to do the Coleman's quiz. Uh, the Coleman's uh, what's it called? Mustard Forfeit, Challenge. Forfeit Mustard Challenge, and then we'll, I'll come up with some kind of uh, what's the word? Uh, tiebreaker. Yeah, there. tiebreaker. That could have been the question. <laughs> Uh, right, where's the mustard? So, as Tom Dark came last in the Alan Partridge food quiz, he now has to eat a tablespoon, teaspoon of mustard. So we'll cross yeah, over uh, to Tom. Keep trying to upgrade <laughs> it to a tablespoon. <laughs> Definitely a teaspoon. Not yeah, tablespoon. okay, teaspoon. Yeah. Um, uh, loaded, though. Loaded spoon. Heaps. Heaped. <laughs> oh, my God. 
Oh, no, ready? That's, that's too much. That's, oh, this oh. is going to be horrible. Right, I'm. Oh, you're going to have a good time. Excuse me, mustard. Smells nice. Um. If you down it, you get a Norwich Bravery Award. Okay. <laughs> that's good enough for me. Oh, oh. he's having a lovely time. Hmm, <laughs> that is lovely. <laughs> producer Jed Producer Jed doesn't escape this either though it's no, also uh, I think it's time for Jed to have a go yeah, absolutely to be honest you've not suffered as much as I'd hoped it was not pleasant though straight in oh look at that sto- stony resolve why is he chewing <laughs> <laughs> so I would chewy. say there is sadness in the eyes though <laughs> and a yellow tongue oh. congratulations to everyone oh. involved uh, we'll do cards against the lanity any second Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. So as Adam and Nick came uh, joint first in the Alan Partridge food quiz, we've got to come up with a tiebreaker question. I've just come up with one straight off the top of my dome. So here we go to decide who is the winner. Hands off. Hands off. On the table, please. What is Alan's least favourite flavour of Toblerone? It's very good. I'm going to... Adam's belled. You're guessing, though. I'm guessing. Yes. I think it's white. Is the correct answer. <laughs> well, that's He's left those till last because he doesn't like them as much as the dark ones. That's right. Can I just say the mustard is repeating on me already? It's not pleasant. <laughs> oh dear. Well, it's time for Cards Against Alanity, our Cards Against Humanity themed Alan Partridge quiz. Everybody's been given cards at the beginning of the series with Alan Partridge related phrases taken from this series. Uh, we've got an incomplete sentence from today's episode. They have to complete it as best they can. Jed will pick the winner and ping his bell when he finds the best one. A little sound like that. (laughs) Today's sentence that you have to complete using one of your cards. Tonight I will try out some of my blank and make brave people laugh again. Tonight I will try out some of my blank and let brave people laugh again. There you go, mine's in. 
Does anybody <laughs> else want to try some mustard? We've got a whole jar here. Absolutely not. Absolutely I love that we've, not. we've had okay, to buy a whole jar just for two tablespoons. Teaspoons. Come on, man. Tonight I will try out some of my blank and make brave people laugh again. Jed's looking through the Jed submissions. Jed is laughing. No, he's, he's, he's impressed with this week's submissions. Okay, I think he's selected a winner, so I'm going to run through all of them. Tonight I will try out some of my sex festival and make brave people laugh again. Tonight I will try out some of my bravery award and make brave people laugh again. <laughs> Tonight I will try out some of my boob Olympics and make, yes, I've won, I've won. And make brave people laugh again. Otherwise there was, uh, tonight I will try out some of my minor women's whiplash and make brave people laugh again. <laughs> so the scores on the doors is two, uh, two to Tom Dark and one to me. Uh, we'll play more Cars Against Alanity next week. Is that the first time you've ever won a round of Cards Against Humanity? Do you know what? I think it is. I don't think, I got, I don't think I got on the scoreboard last and season. And I'm also loving that Nick hasn't won a single round yet this not, series. Not bothered. <laughs> <laughs> Somewhat bothered. Uh, thanks so much for listening. Uh, you can catch up with us out on Twitter at The Partridge Pod. You can email thepartridgepod at gmail.com. We're on facebook.com slash thepartridgepod. From all of us at Monkey Tennis, the Alan Partridge fan podcast, thank you and goodbye. Bye. Goodbye. Thanks a lot. Monkey Tennis is a post-pop podcast produced by Jed Shepard. The artwork's by Dave McNamara, and the theme is an excerpt of the Black Beauty theme, Galloping Home, by Dennis King. To find out more about the records and podcasts made by Post-Pop, head to postpoprecords.com. Monkey Tennis. Damn! Monkey Tennis. Monkey Tennis. Go to London, I guarantee you'll either be mugged or not appreciated. Monkey Tennis. Damn! Monkey Tennis. Uh, on the whole, a very good effort. Seven on ten. It's hotter than the sun. Back of the net. Monkey Tennis. Yeah. Oh, hello. You still here? You've listened to the whole show. And the food quiz. And Cards Against Alanity. And the theme tune. And the credits. Mm, Good job. Good for you. We really do appreciate everyone that listens to Monkey Tennis and tells their friends and tweets about it. It blows our minds. There's one small extra thing that we really would appreciate, and that's leaving us a quick review on iTunes. only takes about 30 seconds, and we don't really understand the algorithm, but what we do understand is that ratings and reviews really do help. So it'd be brilliant if you could leave us a quick one. We'll be back with another episode next week with all the usual Monkey Tennis nonsense, and I hope you can join us. Lovely stuff. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. 
Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.